Welcome to Changing Light Bulbs, the podcast that's dedicated to innovation and transformation in all of their forms. Today, my guest is the first in a series of interviews with athletes, all of whom had made it to a very high level and yet didn't seem to make it into the top echelons. It's an interesting situation in which they had to deal with, and each one has dealt with it in a unique and different way. Today, my guest is John, a professional baseball player and Olympian. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please take a listen. So, John, thank you very much for coming on to our podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. So, as we do with most of our guests, tell me a little bit about a piece of art or something that influenced you that might, you know, that had an impact on your life. Sure. Um, well, as you, as you know, I am very artistic. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I might take a different spin on this and say I would go in the music side of things and possibly talk about like the Tragically Hip and what they kind of meant to me growing up and the uh, kind of the soundtrack for my upbringing and whatnot and how that progressed from there and then kind of went through Team Canada whenever I played for Team Canada in four different years and every time we'd listen to them on the buses and on the hotel rooms and on the field and stuff like that. So I would have to say them. And So you mentioned that you played for Team Canada, but, but um, why don't you describe to the audience kind of what you did professionally in a previous life? Sure. Um, well, in a previous life, uh, since I was like a four-year-old, I wanted to be a professional baseball player and play for the Toronto Blue Jays as... A lot of kids did, I'm sure, more so the Maple Leafs and the things, but I was always a baseball guy and grew up in Mississauga and played for different teams in Ontario and all-star teams and was lucky enough to go to school and get a scholarship in a junior college in Florida for a year and then went to a a four-year school in Tennessee and got a scholarship there and experienced life in the southern United States and (laughs) a different world that was, but unbelievable experiences that baseball led me to and that was obviously one of them through school and then from there we went signed with the Blue Jays and played with them for for five years traveling around from anywhere from we started in Medicine Hat Alberta and then went to Florida New Hampshire New Haven Connecticut and then finished off with the Washington team in the in Harrisburg Pennsylvania so very cool yeah went to four years like I said with Team Canada and got to experience some of those unreal things and travels and see different parts of Europe and North America and stuff. So yeah, that was baseball led me in a lot of good direction and a lot of fond memories for sure. Yeah. And, and so you played for team Canada as well as playing for the, uh, for the blue Jays organization. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience with team Canada. I think you went to the Olympics, right? Yeah. And, um, well, I started my first year was in, I want to say 2001 when I was in college still, I, played and we went to Panama and played for like a World Cup championship and yeah. um, Panama the country not Panama City Florida <laughs> so that was a different experience but yeah that led us to Greece in 2004 Olympics where we we finished fourth uh, fortunately unfortunately the toughest position most disappointing position to finish but uh, unreal experience as far as the travel and we went to Italy beforehand and then experiencing Greece as a country and then obviously living in the Olympic Village for a few weeks was unreal. I'm not exactly a, a world-class athlete like them. I'm, <laughs> I'm a reliever in the bullpen for Team Canada, but to, to be around those athletes and stuff like that was pretty phenomenal. What are you most proud of when, you're, you, know, when you look back at it now, like of all your experiences? <clears throat> I would say the Olympics obviously was a, a pinnacle moment for me. 
the thing I'm most proud of is what I would say just getting there, getting to play professional baseball and be with Team Canada and stuff like that. I wasn't ever a number one prospect in Canada or through 100 miles an hour like some other guys. I had to work that much harder and really improve my craft and constantly improve to have that shot and constantly prove the naysayers. No, I can do this and I can do it at a high level, and which I did, and that's probably the thing I look at as being most proud of. Tell me how your career ended. Well, my career ended um, a lot like a lot of minor league baseball players. Um, I think maybe 5% of minor leaguers make it to the major leagues. So right. unfortunate side of things is in the off season, I got a call one day from the Washington Nationals general manager, and he said, we appreciate your kind of time and service, and we just wanted to you know that we won't be having you back in spring training. So, I mean, that was a difficult thing, but... I was getting older. I didn't have the best year the year before, so it wasn't totally unexpected, but right. that's, that's how it ended. And how old were you at that time? I was 27, just turned 27 or 28. Yeah. Did you think about trying to come back? or to? Or? Yeah, I thought about a lot of guys that do it and go play independent baseball. They'll yeah. go travel in parts of Canada or parts of the United States that no one's ever heard of, and that just kind of wasn't for me. I felt like, well, I've done everything I can. I tried my best, and my best kind of wasn't good enough this time around, which is fine. That happens to most people. I just didn't want to be the guy hanging on five or six years after that, still traveling and not have a home and trying to figure out the next stage of my life type thing. So th- so that's what we're really interested in today. How <laughs> did you change from being a baseball player yeah. to suddenly going to kind of a normal, you know, mm-hmm. normal is probably not the right word, but <laughs> kind of a, a regular existence. So, sure. So tell me a little bit about what was going through your head you get that call, it's the next day. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Well, the next day I was thinking, well, there's still a shot. Because what happens in minor league baseball, every major league team will see who gets released and yada, yada, yada. So I'll wait a bit, hang out, and see what happens. Maybe I'll get another call, another shot to go with another team, which I would have done. Um, but it was more just time to gather my thoughts I didn't want to rush in and do this do that I immediately got to get out into the workforce no nothing like that so I didn't finish my degree in the first time around so we just I decided it was most beneficial to go back and finish that which was definitely the right decision because you know it's tough to get a, a decent job without a degree and I wanted to finish what I started kind of thing so yeah yeah that's where I went for right after baseball was over did you, did you have any plans or thoughts in your mind as to kind of what you wanted to do after your degree? No. <laughs> and that was the trickiest part. I've been so programmed since I was four or five years old. I want to play baseball. I want to do this. I want to yeah, do that. Yeah. Major League Baseball, number one focus. And I did okay in school, but I always just did okay. Right. Just trying to, what, are, what do I got to do to play next week? What do I got to do? Instead of thinking, I need an unbelievable plan B, plan C, plan D, which I should have been doing more of, I just kind of coasted and went through that through yeah. my career and realizing afterwards how important it was that I need to refocus those same energies I use on baseball to a new career path, which I had no idea what was, but I started my degree in business, so I finished that and figured it out from there kind of thing. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. So... so did you, you know, so you decide, okay, I'm going to go back to school. You finish your degree. Now what? 
kind mm-hmm. of thing. Did you did you know where you wanted to land? Did you have any ideas or? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a career path, I, I knew I liked interacting with people and just kind of that thing. So I figured sales was a good a good avenue and something I'd be strong at, and that's kind of kind of where I went. So you you now kind of have a little bit of a path. Mm-hmm. What kind of obstacles did you find in your way? Hmm. There was definitely some some big obstacles. Um, first of all, when a lot of companies these days and um, all, all over, it's just not just my company I work for or any other. They're looking for a lot of younger people. They're not so much looking for the middle-aged person who just finished their degree who has no experience. So that, I would say, is the biggest roadblock for me. Yeah, Starting yeah. out as I was 30, I had very little sales experience. And yeah, a lot of people were enamored with baseball Canada and the Olympics and the Toronto Blue Jays and stuff which got my foot into an interview and helped along the way but it was like always well we really like you and stuff but we just you don't have enough experience as much as so and so or x and whatever and that kind of hurt and but it's just it was the nature of the beast at the time and always trying to overcome those objections and stuff like that was a tricky thing but that was probably the biggest one I'd say. So how do you get through those obstacles? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's just a constant belief in yourself and in sales, you have to convince people that, no, no, I don't have experience in that, but I have life experience or I have experience in other ways. So always trying to sell and trying to sell yourself, I think is important, especially in in my profession. So that's how I would try to overcome those objections. Um, It wouldn't always work um, because people love that experience in a lot of things. So and what did you, you know, when you were transitioning, what were the biggest lessons you kind of learned in this process? Mm-hmm. The biggest lessons I would say is just never doubt yourself. Um, you're going to have lots of rejection in most, in most areas of business and jobs and sales is no different. Whether you're trying to make a sale or you're trying to get a job, rejection's pretty important in how you deal with it. And that's where kind of my baseball background I struggled a lot at certain times. I mean, everyone does. And it's how you kind of bounce back from that as to whether you're going to make it and succeed or whether you're going to kind of turn and run and trying to find something else that you don't have to put yourself out there at. So, so that's really interesting. So as a baseball player, you have a bad game. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome that? Mm. It was really hard. <laughs> Way harder than the business world because, I mean, I was a closer, so a closer would save the games at the end of the game. So if you blew it, you, the team lost, and it was basically all your fault. So it was a, it was a tough situation. Um, but that's when I think the approach of you're very even-keeled each day. You never get too high or too low, and that kind of alleviates the really bad struggles and kind of mellows everything out so you can kind of, you know what, I had a bad day yesterday, but I'm gonna have a better day today, and whatever happens today, I'm gonna worry about it, and tomorrow I'll worry about tomorrow, and take kind of one day at a time, and like I said, never get too high or too low. And and was that something you had to learn, or or were were coaches helping you with that, or? Mm -hmm. They helped me more with that in pro ball. When we were in college, it was always, it's a very rah, rah, rah atmosphere. The fans are yelling and stuff like that. But when you play 200 days in a row in the minor leagues, you realize, I can't get too high or too low. You'll be exhausted. You'll be physically worn out. So you learn that pretty quick, but they talk about that too. And it's called like being a professional. How you do your job day in and day out and how you approach your job day in and day out should always kind of be the same. So now you start applying that lesson to your career 
you're going through job interviews, getting rejection, you're handling it, that kind of stuff. What else was the, you know, big learning for you going through that process? Mm-hmm. I would say trying new ways to improve yourself because in baseball you can't just sit or in any sport you can't just be happy with where you're at you constantly got to be improving and getting better and things like that so I would say that really was a big thing just refocusing my baseball efforts to the work side of things and learning how to make those adjustments along the way was there somebody that really helped you that inspired you when you were making that change or um, well, I learned it helped a lot with my dad. You know, he gave me, he's obviously, he's been in business too for his whole yeah. life and, and stuff like that. And then some other friends that were released before me, I grew up in the yeah. area and kind of their struggles. And I learned from some of their mistakes and stuff. The truth, I was lucky enough to get a college degree in baseball. A lot of times these people will sign right out of high school. And then when they get released, they're they up the creek be, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But I was a little bit more fortunate and a little bit more prepared and stuff like that as I got out, mm-hmm, for sure. So was there anything unexpected that you, you kind of didn't, came out of left field, so to speak? Um, after baseball was over, like I said, I went back to school. Um, but trying to get in the business world from from where I was at wasn't going to be pro- huge amounts of money. You were not just going to jump into a... $100,000 a year job and to understand that I have to start lower just to kind of build up and build up and build up was a hard fact to take since I'm already 27, 28 and I'm in the same position as a 20 year old just coming in. So that was definitely an obstacle, but I, I use that kind of motivation where my baseball, I hate, I hate to lose and I hate to be satisfied for where I'm at. So I was just able to push myself instead of the physical side of things able to push myself in sort of the business side of things and kind of the the goals I wanted to shoot for in life and I use that as my focus instead of saying I want to make it to the big leagues and do this and now I want to make it to the the business yeah. big leagues type thing yeah, yeah these are the steps I want to take to do it so how are you different today than you were when you're an athlete <laughs> oh a thousand times different but <laughs> um, well number one I have a family but when I was a baseball player I was like most kids our age I would say I was fearless kind of thing um, I wasn't afraid of anything I love people telling me I couldn't do it because I had a lot of people tell me do I couldn't do it and that just motivated me like beyond today I'm much more relaxed and laid back and if something bugs me I'm able to put that in a separate place and deal with it and maybe not let it affect me as much as I, I did and then I also know that it's not just all about me anymore. It's obviously more importantly about my family and kind of how they're doing. And if they're on the path to success, then then I'm doing the, the right things for me as well. All right. So so imagine you're sitting across from somebody else who's just about to be cut or, or has been cut. Yeah. And has to make that transition. What kind of words of advice would you give to them? Mm-hmm. I would say even if it was before they were just about to be cut, like a kid who just signed a professional contract, I would say have an un, a great plan B and even a, a really good plan C, you know, because maybe 5% will make it and maybe of those 5%, another 10% will be wealthy enough where they don't have to do anything the rest of their life. What's your plan just in case that doesn't work out, I would say, is so important, just as important as you trying to make it to the next level in sports is what am I going to do when it's over? 
where do I want to be? Where do I see myself? What kind of avenues can I take to be successful? Well, listen, thanks so much for taking the time Mm -hmm. to share your thoughts today. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me anytime. Glad to be here. This concludes our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. For more information on the work that I do around innovation and transformation, please check out my website at www.changinglightbulbs.com. And for more information on our amazing sponsor, Delta Oversee, the software company that's dedicated to enabling positive, sustainable change and transformations for organizations, please check out their website at www.deltaoversee.info or give them a shout at 647-513-3582. Don't forget to mention that you heard about us on this podcast. Thanks again, and never forget to continually adapt and transform for tomorrow's reality.